Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. When we came up with the title of this podcast of What's the Story, Pekin? We knew there are issues that prevail in a community that are surrounded by rumor and fact is often separated from fiction. And this program today is going to target itself to the premise behind this title. What's the story? And that's dealing with the proposed Justice Center in Pekin that has created its own groundswell of commentary and input uh, and, of course, social media buzz. And again, to get to the true story, you want to go, as I've always promised, to the source. So today, my guest is Dave Zimmerman, who is the uh, chairman of the Tazewell County Board and very much in the thick of what's what's happening. Uh, so Dave, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Gary, for the invitation. Well, great. I, um, uh, first question, of course, just to bring listeners up to speed with the true scope of this project. Uh, why don't you, in a nutshell, share that with us? Sure. Uh, let me give you a little background first. Uh, through the federal government's COVID money, we received American Rescue Funds. And uh, it was $26 million, so it was fairly substantial. And we came up with four different priorities to spend that money. One was employee bonuses, which were one of the uh, acceptable uses. So we gave our employees that worked through COVID uh, bonuses. Uh, we also could use part of that money for a health department. And then secondly, we could use money to recover funds that we had lost during COVID. And then fourthly was to improve our campus downtown. And those were the four priorities that uh, the board had decided to go with. So we had 26 million. We're probably, with the bonuses and everything, we're down to uh, probably around 24, maybe $23 million left to spend. So downtown and i don't know if people realize and, and maybe you can clarify for them you, you come downtown you see the courthouse you see other businesses now some restaurants uh the peak and chamber but people may not realize how many of uh, those folks employed downtown are employed by the county do you have some numbers you could share with us i do we bring uh we have 300 employees that work downtown and then add on to that the attorneys uh, many of the defendants people paying parking tickets, speeding tickets who come downtown. And so our presence downtown is is huge. And I think our economic impact is huge also. So you have you have a groundswell of employees down here. Of course, a lot of your operating um, facilities down here. Uh, so my question is, tell us about the Justice Center, what the plans are, the 24 million, what that's going toward and how that will change the uh the face or the landscape of downtown sure well let me from the outset say we are not will not never will tear down the courthouse okay uh it's never been discussed and it's amazing how quickly those rumors sure. get out there so i want to i want to stop that rumor so what uh, our plans are in addition to the justice center and i'll come back to that would be a health department annex uh, right before COVID, we had to shut down the dental clinic, which was in North Pekin. And our health department director, Amy Fox, who does a wonderful job, would like to reinstitute that in addition to 
offering some women and infants and children services and have a community room so we wanted to spend anywhere from five to seven million dollars on a health department annex and we initially were looking at some of the empty lots that were southeast uh, near where the Pekin Times building used to be so that's where we would have put the health department building secondly uh, we own two buildings directly west of the courthouse the Tobin building in the arcade building and those are the two that are uh, kind of the focus of the preservation groups uh, I believe it was 10 years ago approximately where we were given the arcade building by the Munji family and we made it clear at that time that uh, there were no stipulations because we wanted to build our campus further north uh, the way we built the j jail 22 years ago we can't go up so we can only go out and so our plan all along had been to uh, take down the arcade building and then uh, expand our campus that way the tobin building which has i think sat on the market uh, empty 35 of the last 40 years uh, had sat empty for about eight years and then we were able to buy that and then in our conversations with the city, uh, we've been talking in good faith for a year and a half to get the four lots, five lots that are directly behind the Tobin building to vacate the alley and vacate Elizabeth Street in which to expand our campus. Now the, um, the Tobin building, the arcade building, it's been uh, held by you folks for the last decade I mean what have you done in the interim and, and how much does it cost even if you do not use it to maintain it I don't have specific costs on that the Tobin building we've only owned less than a year okay so we just recently purchased that the arcade building in the time that we've had it we had many attorneys that were located in there uh, Mike Eunice used to be in there with the state representative a tattoo shop gateway counseling so it's it's gone to good use and we've uh, earned some rental income off of that but being a landlord really isn't one of our core functions mm -hmm. and again our our intent all along was to expand our campus there okay was the did the revenue pay for itself for the the cost i mean an older building everyone knows has certain unique costs uh, and maintenance requirements um and renovations perhaps over time I was wondering either was that covered or was that something staring you in the face eventually well beware of people that offer you free buildings and mm -hmm. I don't mean anything disrespectful for that but the basement walls were uh, bowing in getting ready to cave in and those basements actually come in come out underneath the sidewalks mm. so we immediately had to spend about a half a million dollars shoring up the basement walls and they're already showing where again and so over the lifespan i don't believe our rental uh, income covered the cost of owning that building okay. and that's that's the problem with the buildings in a lot of downtowns uh, they've just been allowed to decay the the type of rental uh, facilities that business people are looking for generally don't lend themselves to two-story buildings they like to have adequate parking kind of a one-story mm -hmm. building and I think that's what you're seeing going on east of downtown Pekin. So what is the, tell us a little bit about the Justice Center. That'll be in a sense, if you're moving the health department into the old courthouse, as I'll refer to it now, um, what can we envision 
with this new facility and the benefits of it versus what we have now. Okay, and and I don't know if I heard you correctly, but the health department would be a brand new standalone okay. building. We would spend some money uh, rehabbing the existing courthouse. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, issues. Uh, fortunately, we haven't had a lot of issues, but the potential is there. So the judges are begging us to build a new courthouse. When you're there on traffic day, mm-hmm. there are just scores of people in, in that courthouse. And one of the objectives of the COVID money is to spread, spread people out. Uh, you have prisoners that are all shackled together that come in through the basement, walk through the common areas, take the only public elevator there with the public. Uh, they're in their jumpsuits. So if a potential juror would see these uh, inmates in their jumpsuit, jumpsuits, it could uh, potentially bias. Sure. So we have all those issues. Um, the judges that have just made uh sentencing decisions are using the same bathrooms uh, with the with the families of the defendants so there's just a multitude of potential safety issues gotcha on top of that it's a beautiful building but some of those interior walls are 18 inches thick mm. and it's not drywall it's, sure. and sure. so uh, trying to bring it up to standards now so much is going uh, zoom or you know digital and we're trying to get these buildings where they can get reliable Wi-Fi. And it just makes it difficult with the thickness of the walls. So for the, all those reasons and maintenance, uh, we've decided that we wanted to build a new justice annex or facility okay. just west of the courthouse. And we were counting on Tobin Arcade. We own the lots behind the arcade building. And then we wanted these five lots that the city, I believe, just yesterday had signed over to Mr. Price. Okay. So the courthouse will still function in that capacity. It's just the annex that will be something that addresses those needs you've, you've had and identified. Correct. And we haven't uh, come to a decision yet as a board on whether we'll move all the courtrooms to the new justice center or if it'll be just the felony courtrooms that have more potential okay. for for issues. We could still do traffic. We could do a better job with scheduling, but it gives us an opportunity to um, use that building more effectively. And we'll have funds available, too, to redo the electrical. I mean, a building for 40 years, you may shut the breaker off that mm-hmm. you think is going to courtroom X, and the guy on the third floor in that office gets a shock. So sure. it's, it's, it's a mess, and we're working on that right now. Well, I'm glad you clarified that because some of the stories out there when you hear changes to the courthouse buildings being taken down a justice center being built <clears throat> people envision of course change and that perhaps the courthouse that's you know serving that capacity what almost 110 years um you know they, that's talking about historic preservation and nostalgia that would be something that uh, i think would uh get people pretty much concerned about preserving somebody so i'm glad to glad to hear that and Speaking of historic preservation and some issues that surround that, uh, I know there's a passionate group that's pursuing that. I, I, I very much admire that, but I know there's, you know, uh, the devil's in the details of if you attempt to do that, how do you do it? How do you pay for it? Uh, and what's your plan for it? Most importantly, to survive for years and decades to come, a plan that, that has this 
perpetual opportunity instead of something that just saves the day. Uh, and I know that may be part of the fuel, not entirely, but part of the fuel behind a growing feud between the county and the city. And again, it, it's an issue that could be set up for debate. In fairness, they don't have those who feel differently about what the county is proposing to do. Uh, my plan is after the election, which is happening today as we as we meet, to have the newly elected mayor in and talk a little bit about that. So listeners can decide. I've heard from the county and I've heard from the city. Uh, either I take this side or that, or I hopefully can help them find common ground. So just maybe share a little bit about that with us, Dave. Sure. And for the most part, people on the historical preservation side have been nothing but respectful. I mean, there have been a couple of instances, but that doesn't mm -hmm. represent the majority of the people. They love the buildings, or I think a better way to say is they love the memories. Sure. Because as I look at the Shipper and Block building or the Tobin building. Um, if you even look at the facade of the building, it's not the facade that was there in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm not sure what you're in love with. I mean, great memories. Unfortunately, like most downtowns, uh, people made a decision in the early 70s when Shipper and Block uh, closed is they liked driving out to Walmart. They liked the big sure. parking lots. And so Pekin's not unique in that regard where their downtowns are struggling. And uh, so unfortunately, these buildings have been allowed to deteriorate to the point where it just there's no return on investment. There's no cost-effective way to even make these apartments. Mm -hmm. We're going to start to abate the asbestos in the Tobin building probably next week. Uh, we're getting ready to do that in the Tobin or in the arcade building. And so between the water that got into the basement, there was a water main break around Christmas time, and it seriously damaged the integrity of the north wall of that building. The west wall is seriously compromised also because the way those buildings were taken down behind there they just let the debris drop in the hole and put some fill and unfortunately over the years that lot those lots behind there have been allowed to settle mm -hmm. water has come next sure. to that wall and so there's actually a bow in that wall so we're actually pursuing um, a designation to have that building uh, called out dangerous mm -hmm. or even condemned because there's a risk there every gotcha. day that it's open. Gotcha. Well, I when I hear that, what kind of excites me about it is being a park board commissioner for 30 years. You know, we have old buildings as well. And on our radar, our issues, as a matter of fact, on the Park Foundation, uh, we've been actively involved in, in fundraising in an effort to really perhaps go uh, more public with the private attempts to fundraise because our fountain in the sunken garden it's it's still operating uh, pretty well not what it once was and certainly not what it could be and uh, the vault is still great and uh, we're looking at ways to perhaps bring it back to its old glory in the 60s um, but that's going to cost money uh, the pavilion is getting a little dated on the outside you can see some things happening that's going to require a facelift. I want people to know we are totally dedicated to both of those. The question is, 
where does the funding come from? I have to confess, Dave, to be very jealous of the county because uh, as a special district, park districts, conservation districts, and forest preserves receive no COVID money. They were kind of left out of the equation when the federal government was digging this out. So we have to raise funds for those things. And we've already done the engineering, for example, on the fountain, and it comes back about a million bucks. And I imagine some things about the, about the pavilion will probably come back about a million bucks. It seems to be all engineers just pick out that price and you know what's going to come out to that. So if, for those with a passion for historic preservation, and it's, it's great, and there's some things we're going to do downtown for the bicentennial to at least acknowledge these buildings and their historic significance, which I think is a start. And there's a lot of buildings to do that. But if you have passion and, and the energy, I think the day is coming where we will try to marshal all of that passion at the park district to get these things done. So I'm with you, I admire that, but you know, I, when you have those kind of problems you're meeting with, let alone asbestos and other things, you know, I don't know what you, what you can do. Right, and I, going back to the city council, I think both the city council and the county have a common goal that we sure. want to spur development downtown it's unfortunate these building these two buildings have been allowed to deteriorate to the point that they are just think of coming over the shade loman bridge mm -hmm. and seeing this new justice center campus right. and we'll make the architectural features on the outside consistent with downtown it's not going to be a steel and glass structure in the middle of old historic buildings and i personally think that this is going to spur development in downtown mm -hmm when people see that we're willing to make 30, $35 million investment in downtown Pekin, sure. other people may follow suit. Well, I don't know if you can address this, and, and probably you can't. There, your board members would be more likely to address that, and with that, we'll get a, you know, a, a broad uh, perspective and differing views. Um, but I hear these stories that there are some, and, and because of issues going back and forth that surround this whole project, that there are some on the county board and, and really some in the city that would say, eh, you know, tell the, the county to pound sand, and there's some people on the county board telling the city of Pekin doing that. And I hear rumors that, well, they could move some of these services they're planning to bring downtown and add to the payroll downtown to maybe another community that would want to have that within the county. Is there any truth to that? Uh, in regards to the health department, yes. Okay. That... Um, we want to feel welcomed in the communities that sure. we operate in. And, and our goal with the health department is to build a new health department facility along the bus line because many of our mm -hmm. clients and customers have to use public transportation. So East Peoria, Crevecourt, North Pekin, any of those communities, we're looking to see what's available. The hard part there is that we own the land in downtown Pekin. If we go somewhere else, unless a community gives us land, we'll actually have to purchase land too, and that drives up the cost. Sure. Yeah. Well, you said it before, and 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 I'll uh, repeat it and confirm it that you know there are good people on both boards. <clears throat> they both want the same thing, and you know the the, the best outcome possible with the yes. entire project. And it seems to me right now it's just a time for everybody to step back and and take a deep breath. Mm -hmm and let, uh, let common sense prevail. Uh, I usually look at it, and I tend to, in a little different perspective, having been a part of the initial peak in Main Street and working with others to try to attract people downtown and downtown development and people to live downtown and make it a little more vibrant and active. 
and you're you're doing that against a backdrop of competing with other communities who are attempting to do the same and you know when you have prospective employers looking at a community i would think <clears throat> seeing a county and city at each other's throats um, not really putting out a welcome mat for each other does not serve the community's reputation very well. So I would hope that both parties see a broader perspective of, hey, if we continue to do this, uh, even if it ends up being what, it's, what it was originally envisioned to be, but now we've had all of this collateral damage in the process, uh, the community might suffer for quite some time. You know, one of those unintended consequences of everybody wanted to be done a certain way, what they felt in their heart was the right way, but in, in so doing, uh, things developed to the point to where now you've got, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of wounds to heal uh, and a reputation perhaps to uh, save as well. So um, uh, I, I know in knowing you, uh, you'll work to find a, uh, you know, good compromise or a way to come to a solution that everyone uh, enjoys. As I said, I'll get the, the mayor in here. Hopefully we'll talk about this. And uh, my goal is never to render a decision or recommendation uh, to the community. I think just adds fuel to the fire, but let them get the facts. You know, hear what the story is from both sides, and then make a decision from there. But good luck in whatever whatever you do, uh, whatever happens going forward. I know it's I know it's not easy, and I appreciate you being here, Dave. Thank you for the invitation, Gary. Sure. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye.